One, two, three, four. Griffin, you close your eyes when we count. Is that like a like just focusing or? Well, it's hard, that? isn't it? The Is numbers it? when the numbers come at you fast and furious, and you have to remember. Um, you know what your number is, and uh, there's a lot of math. There's a lot of calculation. And if I, mean, I look you're around, two, though, there's only one number before you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, but sometimes it's hard to remember that, isn't it? So I do close my eyes where mm. I go inside what I like to call the math zone, um, mm. and it's just a fun <laughs> little like it's. There's a lot of geometric lines in there, and there's lots of fun numbers, and it's neon colored, and very Tron, very math. Griffin was the first student to learn Common Core yes. in our family, so he has a very unorthodox way of handling numbers. Yeah, it's mostly math zone based, and I'd like to invite you guys inside if you want. Just sure. I'm going to open my mouth real wide, okay? <laughs> Welcome to the math zone. You've fallen for my trap. Oh, no. It's just like... The number 629 is massive. It's yeah, just a it's, massive 69. Is like this, a, all, this is using all of the math zone. There's no room for math in here. It's a giant 69 on top of a slightly smaller 420. And this is those two numbers, and there's no math. I hate this. Let me out. Oh, your teeth are a gate. <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and Mario is my real dad. My name is Griffin McElroy, and Mario is also my dad because we're brothers. My name is Chris Plant, and Yoshi is my papa. I'm Ross Frostick, and I'm going to win. Welcome to The Besties, a Spotify production. Uh, the greatest thing that Spotify ever did was bringing back The Besties. Second best thing was telling Russ that he legally couldn't say his name as loud as he used to say it. So thank you to our overlords at Spotify. It's a great choice. And I celebrate you. Here on The Besties, we talk about the latest and greatest in video gaming entertainment, uh, focusing on one game every week, really drilling down, getting into the the fiber and the grain of the product. And uh, this week, I'd love to talk about Pokemon Sword and Shield. We're doing two games this week. Yeah. Doing two completely different games this week. All right, take it away, someone else. Uh, I can lead. I can sort of lead the charge on this one. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, first sort of uh, full, I would say, Pokemon adventure out on Switch. Uh, obviously, let's go. Uh, Pikachu and Eevee came out. What was that earlier this year? Or was that late no, it was last, last year? year last okay, year. Uh, I, I just completed a. Uh, I played that one with my son, and it's like he's not a big gamer, but he likes to touch the Pikachu. Uh, <laughs> so we actually finished our playthrough of that like a few weeks ago. So I was sort of coming into this, uh, coming in hot with all of the Pokemon knowledge fresh in my mind. Uh, it is so, so it's the first sort of full uh, Pokemon adventure on Switch, which is, you know, ostensibly kind of a home console. Uh, and, you know, th- therefore it is the first Pokemon home console game since, like, geez, I don't know. There was a Pokemon Coliseum game on... Like GameCube, so but those were not real. It's like and those oh, weren't even real Pokemon games. They're yes. all, all all the console ones before this have been kind of like not real Pokemon games, right? So this I would say is a very anticipated uh, thing. Whether you're a Switch owner looking for a big beefy RPG, or if you are a you know a Pokemon fan like I am, and like uh, you know millions of people are. Uh, and 
here here's what it is. It's very much a Pokemon game. This is not the one that is like the mold breaker. It is uh is it is in fact sort of like profoundly traditional uh and it it, it drills down on like the idea of the gym challenge of going across this world and collecting the eight gym badges, which is uh, tried and true sort of formula uh it it drills down on that i think in in an interesting way which is that like it makes gym battles uh a big ordeal which like there's lots of people watching them there's crowds cheering you on uh it fleshes out the gym leaders more uh as characters so like you're doing the same the same stuff but uh you know every time you get to a gym it's not just like oh well shit i gotta fight a few people and they might be a little bit tougher than usual this is going to be annoying uh, but you know, other than that, like you're not gonna be experiencing, I think, too much new stuff necessarily Griffin, you, in this can one. Can you explain the like story? You, I just did. Yeah, I kind of just did. You're you're a you're a boy. You're a boy or girl growing up in a small town, and it's time to start your Pokemon adventure. Here's one of a grass or a water or a fire one. Take one of yeah. these and go on. <laughs> and hey, go to that one, get the badge. Cool, you did it. Next one, get that badge. Uh, the story is not, I don't know. I, I, I don't know who is coming into these games necessarily and expecting them to be like a wild reinvention of the, of the formula. Yeah, uh, no, that's true. But I do, I don't know. It's weird because like I've been playing Pokemon games since 98 when Red and Blue came out, like OG Pokemon games. Right. And I remember, and maybe it's cause I was just a Wii one, but I remember like, I'm going to fight Giovanni and it's like a huge, it's going to be this big deal. And there's something like way more like kind of low key about this. Like it's not, I'm not fighting the universe. Like even the bad guys, the bad guys are the best bad guys. They are team yell and they are just (laughs) sort of like rowdy hooligan fans of uh, this one trainer named Marnie and that like everything they do to stand in your way, they're not trying to steal you Pikachu. They are just such big fans of this other Pokemon trainer that they will be just big, loud assholes uh, the <laughs> whole time and that is so like delightful to me. There's a lot of things in Pokemon Sword and Shield that are are just kind of like delightful and, and I don't know that that was... It's the first Pokemon game that I've actually really... Um, uh, adhered to since X and Y, which was you know a few generations ago on on 3ds. I never finished Sun and Moon in either sort yeah, of Sun and Moon was not good form. Yeah, uh, because uh, you know th- there are a few things that this game does really really well. Rachel, uh, my wife, was like asking me like, what's different about this one? Like, why are you enjoying it? And it's kind of like. Uh, like I'm assuming there's more disgust in her tone. Yeah, but. I was gonna say <laughs> it's it's kind of like uh like the opposite of death by a thousand cuts. It's like life by a thousand. Like there are a lot of really great quality of life things that are really geared for people who know what they're doing. For instance, like uh your rival will like be like, hey, I'm gonna teach you how to do a Pokemon catch, and you can be like, no, no, I'm 32. And so I know how to do a Pokemon. And he's like, oh, okay. And you can just skip the tutorial, which like uh, Sun and Moon was like five hours of tutorials. So like this is obviously a major upgrade. And then there's like lots and lots and lots of little things. Like you can switch your Pokemon out of the box, like regardless of where you are in the world. You don't have to yeah, go to the Pokemon really Center nice. to do it. Um, they've added this Pokemon Camp, which is like, you know, whatever. It's this game's sort of gimmicky way of uh, uh, hanging out with your Pokemon. But you can also heal them while you're on the road without having to burn a bunch of items. That's pretty cool. That's good. The the biggest thing for me is, and the and 
there's never really been a Pokemon game. Maybe um, I didn't play Let's Go, but maybe Let's Go did this to a certain extent. But being able to see the Pokemon in the world, like previously you would just like walk into this hot, tall grass mm-hmm. and have a random encounter and it'd be like, okay, I guess there's Pokemon in this tall grass, even though like Charizard popped out and the grass is like one foot tall. That yeah. doesn't make any sense, but fine. But now you can actually see all of the Pokemon just like wandering around and like. No, but there are. Hidden. Occasionally, you'll have well, they, also. No, they, they make you want to find the hidden ones, though, right? Because so yeah. they're the ones that you can see are the common ones, and then there are these exclamation points that appear or question marks, whichever, in the grass. And those, I I believe, are less common. So you actually seek out the random encounters, which is a really smart inversion. Because in the past, when I just got thrown into an encounter, I I usually just got pissed. Right. It's right. it's created a really smart loop of when I get to a new area, I will just run around catching everything. And I, I again, like, this game has its hooks in me in a way that this series hasn't done in a while. We're like, I want to catch everything. I'm almost halfway through the Pokedex, and I'm starting to think that maybe I'm this may be the next generation that I catch them all in, which is made easier <laughs> by the by the whole Dexit controversy, which we'll get to here in a second. Uh, now, um, question: When you told this to Rachel, what was I her did? Reaction? I was I was I am too. I don't know how to break this news to her. Got it. It <laughs> might be very difficult. It might strain things a little bit. Um, but it, it created this really really nice loop where I would get to a new area. I would just run around trying to catch everything uh, because uh, one benefit of them sort of paring down the list of, of available po- Pokemon is I feel like this game actually has a really cool roster of Pokemon. Like you are not spending the first few hours of the game like, well, there's another fucking Zubat. Like you, by the time you get to the first gym, I had a team that I like was having trouble picking who I actually wanted to be in it because everybody, I had a few like really good potential options and that has not been true in a Pokemon game I before. mean, there is a dumb apple. There's an apple, but you can evolve it into a dragon apple. That's badass. Uh, <laughs> I haven't gotten to that point. It's but, just an apple. <laughs> right. But you, you, so I would run around and catch everything in this area. And then, you know, my Pokemon would be kind of banged up. And so I'd just camp and heal them up and raise their, their happiness levels and give them some experience points along the way. And then I could just run through this cave. And instead of being like plagued by Zubats, like every three steps, I can just sort of like weave around them because I don't yeah. need to fight them so- or but do anything there, there's been a lot of positivity here i'm wondering is there somebody maybe a hoops who could hop in and just shut down the party yeah okay so like good i'm glad <laughs> for you guys and i do not come to denigrate the quality of the pokemon game that has been offered here mm-hmm. um i will say that it's weird that they have hand-holding f- stuff for like catch Pokemon here's how to catch a Pokemon but not for the like to the outsider like myself who's never really gotten into a Pokemon game just like the unfathomable levels of complexity um that that I find like still so overwhelming and like unpleasant to engage with I'll give you I'll give you a good example right did you hear how Griffin said like dismissed the Pokemon camp thing is like, it's just a kind of a fun little area to like play with your Pokemon. I coming from my perspective, I have no idea if Pokemon camp is important or not. Right. Should I go into that camp for 10 hours and play with these fucking Pokemon? (laughs) I have literally no idea. Right. I have 60 Pokemon probably at this point, something like that. Maybe uh, probably a lot more. Right. Uh, And I'm getting new ones and there's, and it's like, should I be training up a group for a specific thing that's about to happen or should I have a diverse group 
that's ready for any situation and who should I be leveling up? I have no idea. Like I have no clue. And it's like, I feel like if you intrinsically, there is a lot of assumptions. It's not, it doesn't, it's not dissimilar from Madden. I feel like where it's like, if you don't understand the core game, what the core thing is, like none of the re- like they have made no concessions Mad- to make the rest of it like actually make sense. Madden ain't going to teach you how many points you get on a touchdown. It's going to, <laughs> that, yes, going to right. Assert. Like right. I, I asked Griffin, like, how do you keep track of like what type is strong against which type? And it just points to his brain because, like, of course, right? He's been playing these for twenty years. Like, it's, <laughs> it's okay. Polygon dot com is where you go for that. Po- uh, Griffin, poison type, weakness, strongest. Let's hear. Let's hear it. Uh, poison type is weak to psychic and ground, and it's strong against uh, fairy type and uh, grass type for sure. I may be forgetting one or two different things in there. Um, I trust you to be right. So I, I, I want to I want to respond to what uh, Hoops is talking about because I think there are kind of two. Uh, I'm not saying, by the way, before you respond, I'm not saying this is like a you guys are wrong. No. And I am right. It is literally just the perspective of if you're someone who's like, I've never gotten into a Pokemon game. I wonder if if this is the time. It is not. I think Game Freak has two challenges and they're they're, they're pretty different. One is they have to make a game that uh, five-year-olds can play and enjoy um, and learn about the magic of Pokemon and become lifetime fans. Uh, Then they have to make a game uh, for, I don't know, like, me, like somebody who, uh, an adult who maybe played the game a while ago and is interested in it. And then they have to make a game for competitive gamers who uh, have everything memorized and are going to IRL tournaments um, to compete for cash prizes. And making a game right. like that, I just think, is uh, borderline impossible to please everybody. But then there's, there's a separate problem, which is... Uh, they have to create the illusion of magic for children that these Pokemon are real and that they um, respond to you and that you are raising them. So when you ask about the camp um, hoops, my guess is doesn't matter much, but they don't want to let you know that uh, in <laughs> any way in the game because they want the you know 10 year old who is playing it to be like, oh my gosh, I have to keep my Meowth so happy because I love him and adore him. And if I don't make him the sweetest beef curry, he won't do his best for me in battle. When in reality, like the ones and zeros don't, don't validate that. I don't know the difference between stuff that's in there because it's like fun if you want to do it, or it's in there because it's like important to experiencing the whole thing right um, yeah it's our broken adult minds a, a, a child <laughs> comes across this and is like i am lost in the magic and our our adult right. minds come to it and we say how do i make the ones and the zeros do what i need them to do right i need to min max my investment in these little <laughs> digital monsters the truth of the matter is that like it is not uh it's not a particularly diff- difficult like role-playing game so like these these systems uh that that are you know you're finding intimidating like the answer to most of those questions is like no you don't need to do it because all you need is like if you're going into the rock type gym you need to know what beats it and you need to have a good one good sweeper pokemon 
of that type and you're you are going to be fine uh this game does an okay job of like actually keeping you at the correct like uh levels for the most part like i have found myself somewhat challenged uh with each area i'm not just sort of steamrolling although i am just about to get at the eighth badge and i am i have reached steamroll sort of capabilities um and and i don't know the uh there is something this is the game i think if i was going to like summarize like why i am enjoying it despite the the controversies surrounding it uh is is really just the the catching and collecting is just really working for me this time uh there there's a new feature that is not exploited to the best of uh you know game freak's ability called the wild area which is uh, a, sort of a big open area that, uh, thank God, you can control the camera with the right thumbstick, which is a Pokemon first, uh, which really tripped me out. Where you can run around and see like all these different Pokemon. There are rare, super difficult spawns. Uh, there are these things called max raid battles, where you and three others fight a Gigantamax or Dynamax Pokemon, which is just like big, strong Pokemon. So there's some tactics there. Uh, and the online functionality of the game is like actually pretty, pretty good, uh, where I can just like, press the start button and look at a ticker of what people online are doing, find a max raid battle somebody's doing, hop into it, catch that Pokemon, get some XP candies to like level up all my Pokemon with. Like there are really, really, really good loops in this game uh, that that are are really, really hooking me. Yeah, I did want to talk about the difficulty though because you mentioned you mentioned how easy it is and that's true. Like effectively, if you just play, eventually your Pokemon will be so strong that nothing will really right. be a threat. So it had been a while before I since I've gotten into a Pokemon game because it had gotten like kind of rote and easy. So I thought that maybe it would be a good idea to play this. Uh, there's a rule set called, called Nuzlocke where uh, Griffin is intimately familiar. He did a video, video series on it that's very good on YouTube. Uh, but basically, it's permadeath for Pokemon. So if a Pokemon dies, it's gone forever. The other rule set is you need to uh, you can only get one Pokemon per area and you need to nickname all the Pokemon. So the idea is to have this very small group of Pokemon that you're emotionally bonded to because you know their nickname. And then when they die, it's absolutely devastating. And I thought, hey, that's for me because I'm a crazy person. And I thought maybe that'll get me more into it because it'll add some difficulty and I'll be emotionally invested in this whatever sheep or something. And that worked pretty well. And then it really super didn't. I basically got three <laughs> badges in and got totally hosed by about six different things in a row. And I was like, no, my my adorable little bird just got like shot in the face by a cactus and it just like one shotted me. And I was like, oh, well, there goes two hours of grinding experience for another stupid bird. Right. And, um, and then I quit. After I think badges. I think that's a good launch pad to talk about, like and something that Chris alluded to, like this different game for different audiences thing. Uh, the thing I'm thinking about now, and I think it's just because the game has gotten kind of easy for me because I am sort of steamrolling everything that stands in my way, which is like why I built the team that I built and leveled them up the way that I leveled them and gave them the moveset. It's, it, it is, again, that I, whole idea of progression of power. I progressed in power and now I am unto a god. Uh, if there was like a hard mode or a new game plus mode afterwards where, mm. you know, uh, you just play through the whole game again, but the Pokemon are, you know, higher levels. And so the uh, uh, you can use all the Pokemon you've got now, but it's it's going to be a big challenge. And maybe like, I don't know, shiny rates are escalated in the harder version of the mode. That would be great because that would give like the hardcore people who love farming for shiny Pokemon like a, a reason to come back and play. Uh, this game does not... 
this game has not really courted that hardcore audience. Uh, you know, this franchise's most dedicated players very well at all. And the, the, uh, this is like where that the Dexit thing comes in. If you are not really aware that the the mm-hmm. whole Pokedex of all Pokemon on from all generations and all games at this point is like over eight hundred. I want to say it's in like the mid eight hundreds. I believe. Um, yeah. And for this, and in all past games, there has been a thing called the National Dex, where maybe there is like a, a smaller curated list of Pokemon that you're supposed to catch here in. Uh, you know, Pokemon X and Y, but once you beat the game, you unlock the national decks, and now you can transfer any Pokemon into the game. You can maybe you'll find them in in different areas and all these different ways. Uh, but ultimately, you can get all the Pokemon ever in this game, and in this one, you can't because there is no national decks, and so that has been this major source of controversy. Uh, game Freak has said, uh, "Well, it's because we really want to focus on the animations," uh, and then there have been some like pretty damning like clips of animations of attacks. Uh, like double hit was a, a move that Grookey, one of the starters, learns early on, and he just kind of like bounces up and down, and so people are like <laughs> sharing that like dope animations. Uh, or you know, hey, it would be too difficult to get all the models in in time, uh, because we'd have to make them from scratch, and then there's evidence that they're just pulled from the 3DS game. So, uh, this this has led to a pretty huge blow up, and I th- I I think it's bigger than this this like one thing of the national decks not being in the in the game and i think it is that these these like more hardcore people uh because i find myself sort of like leaning more towards that that side of the audience too just wants like a platform just wants like a pokemon platform not necessarily even like a live service destiny style thing um but in the way that like you play destiny and no matter what you do you are getting sort of loot that you can use if you're playing crucible if you're playing pvp you can get stuff that you can use in the pve side like all that they want is like a place for them to do high level competitive play. They, at the very least, they want a place where they can, you know, upload the Pokemon for this paid service that they use to store their Pokemon from all the games. And the fact that they can't do that in this one is like kind of fucked up. Uh, it is. I think it is a point of frustration that they. I think it's a good RPG. I think for for me playing through it, I'm really enjoying it. And I think anybody who has a Switch who wants to play like a fun RPG and get through it and catch some Pokemon and have a good time, it's it's going to be that for you. But for the people who want this to be the Pokemon game that everybody is playing with a long tail, whether that is you know breeding from this list of huge Pokemon for great values that you can take into the competitive play and have this like very comprehensive online competitive experience like there's a few reasons why that's not true and it's not going to be true until they release you know Pokemon big sword and (laughs) fancy shield one 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 quick note for for our listeners if if you haven't heard of all this don't look it up just, it's bad. Just don't look it's, it up uh, because while some of the complaints are, are valid, the uh, harassment of the studio that made this game not as valid. You would not right. know that the audience that it feels underserved as adults because the reaction is profoundly childish uh, and at times scary. Yeah. Um, people got really, 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 really mad about their Pokemon. So, uh, yeah, let, let's talk about one more happy thing with Pokemon. Uh, Griffin, w- what was like your standout thing that brought you joy from this one as a, as a mega Pokemon fan? Um, I think for for me, uh, it's it is tough to say. I think that uh, this game has an aesthetic, and it is a very comprehensive aesthetic, both in the 
you know, the land that it takes place in, the, uh, what is it, Galar region that is sort of based on, uh, you know, Western Europe uh, for the most part. It is like a really, really neat place to be and they have explored it uh, really well. I think the wild area lends itself to that, like just getting off a train and seeing just these sweeping plains full of sheep, uh, like this very pastoral scene uh, is is neat, but I think the thing that brings me the most joy is there's so many shirts and jackets and pants and shoes <laughs> and backpacks, and that's but always been my shit. But only one type of backpack. I don't want a big, bulky, stupid backpack. I want a little one. Yep, and you there's no option to remove it, I don't think, because where's your no. Pokeballs going to go, dum-dum? Uh, <laughs> In my pockets. <laughs> I think that's the stuff that's important to me. Like, I play these games to... Uh, I, I Honestly, the reason I play most RPGs is because I like the feeling of individualism of just like this is how i've built my character this is this is my character there are others like it but this one is mine like and and you get that from the team of pokemon that you put together and you get that from the clothes that you wear and i for me like this is the best game this is the best that pokemon's ever done that uh that's that's the stuff that brings me a lot of joy but i also see the end of the experience i see the like the termination point because there's not like a huge end game and there's not like a great competitive platform uh and that is what bums me out and i think is what has led to this like huge schism in the in the community juice and yet the huge schism worth noting the game is like the best-selling switch game yet ever yeah so it's so not gonna- you know what a lot of those people are like, I'm going to boycott it. They did not they boycott shit. Like, Justin is a skeleton. Justin is a drugs. cobweb covered skeleton. Juice. He's all bones. <laughs> alley, alley hoops to our ad break. Yeah, that'll do. It's fine. The ad starts now. <laughs> Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties you go get a phone you just want a phone talk to your friends and family you're not asking so much then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech you know the contract may sound good uh, up front but there's always some sort of catch you know who's not going to do that to you not going to pull that nonsense mint mobile they're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. 
You want to pay hundreds of dollars for like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution? Save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. We're going to continue to talk about Pokemon now. Russ, can you sort of set it up? I understand perfectly what you're saying with this, but uh, absolutely, what yeah. was your sort of concept here? Yeah, so so in case you're not familiar, um, Pokemon tend to get worse as they evolve. And I mean, well, let's look at um, Squirtle, for example. Squirtle starts as like a tiny little water turtle, and he's adorable. Mm. And then he evolves and he turns into War Turtle and he's got like little whirls on his head. And then he evolves again and he's got cannons on his he's back. Got a he's a giant gun. This is a bad tortoise. example, Russ. You're wrong. Blastoise is dope. He's like, what would be better? A turtle with two big guns. You're wrong. Hey, um, I, I would love to keep this conversation going in a positive manner. And I'm bringing that energy for sure. Right. If I have to listen to you two argue about which Pokemon are cool, I will quit. Okay. So <laughs> let's just kind of keep it kind of fun and moving. Okay. Griffin, can you give awesome. us a good example? A good example of a Pokemon that gets worse the older and more mature it gets is pretty much any starter since, like, Gen 4, I want to say. Because they start off and they're really cool. Take Rowlet from uh, from Sun and Moon. This is a little owl with two leaves forming a bow tie. That's fucking cool. But then he grows up and he gets, like, swoopy emo hair. And then he grows up again and he turns into, like, a fucking military sniper. What? I didn't want that. I wanted the bow tie owl. That's good. Sobble is a starter from this generation, and he's, like, a little sad... What is he? A little, he's little, a frog. He's, like, a frog lizard salamander dude, and he's cute, and he's crying, and he's very sad, but then he turns a little bit edgy when he turns into Drizzile, and then he turns into Inteleon, and he's, like, this weird slender man very uh, trying to give off a sort of erotic energy of just this strange water pervert there's a lot uh, of erotic energy which one does litten come from litten turns into incineroar yeah. who's just like a yeah so litten starts out that's my choice here litten starts out like just a really cool cat you know like yeah the cat that you're walking down your street in the neighborhood getting a healthy walk in the morning and you see the cat and you're like cool cat maybe i'll pet it and it's like no and you're like okay i respect it and then it evolves into like a teenage cat, which is basically Litten, but just with like a, a frown. Kind of like body when Kirby hair, came like over from strange. Japan to the US. They're like, he can't smile. He has to be mad, Kirby, now. It's like, just let him smile. But then he makes a huge jump to Incinerator, which looks like if, like if you went on Tumblr, just any random Tumblr, and you were like queried some artist for like a cat that fucks, they would yeah. send you a photo of incinerator it is an upright cat it's an incineroar, it's incineroar to be, god sorry thank you it's an upright cat with a fire belt around what looks like it's wearing red ballerina tights and just a really sexy fire belt and um scarring that looks like it might be abs or also might be chest hair um it's and you radical. just know that he gets it and that's fine like i'm 
I'm very happy for Pokemon. Fuck, him. they don't want to talk about this. All of them are egg. They make eggs. I guess none of them are mammals. That's kind of weird. Pokemon. Fuck, and if they're not going to say it, but they'll show us this huge ripped buff cat. I guess maybe it's our fault here. Maybe it's that we just want our little children to not grow up and to be, you know, sexual creatures. Um, yeah. But that's what Pokemon is trying to open our eyes to. Yeah. Justin, do you have a least favorite evolution? Yeah, I've been giving this a lot of thought. My f- my least favorite is Diglett, yeah. which becomes Doug Trio. <laughs> and that sucks because there's one and then there's three. And I don't know if it's like share consciousness or souls if there becomes more souls in the poke <laughs> Dude, i don't know if they have souls to start with but like is it a soul split three ways is it just like a hive mind is it three friends that then share one hole that they're all popping out of from the ground it's all very challenging and i guess the least favorite for me is doug trio yeah it should probably start as three and then become one because it'd be like they were conjoined and now like a oh, conjoined yeah. Th- that's like so fucking challenging also Russ that's like an extremely challenging idea if you really think it through to this culmination of three discrete individual sentient beings that then fu- like lo- lose sentience and fuse into one well no they get separated horrid. is what I'm saying more, more horrible things happen in the Pokemon universe than that so do not sweat it I think it'd be fun if to evolve to Dugtrio you had to have three individual Diglets in your park and then they oh, yeah, would that'd be good. this game actually has a lot of wild like evolution methods that there's no way that you could possibly figure out like how to do it there is a uh it basically like a cream pokemon and you get this cream pokemon in your party and you have to have some sort of item but then you have to spin your character around really fast which like whips them up into this new evolved cream like this whipped cream pokemon it's really really wild and there's like a ton of stuff like that in in the game that's like super super playful I will wrap it up by saying my least uh, favorite is Valenite, who it starts as an ice cream, which I don't abide to begin with uh, because I don't like food Pokemon because what is the implication there? So he starts as Valenite, this ice cream, and then when he evolves into whatever his midform is, his face becomes like a clown, creepy ice cream face. He still looks like an ice cream, but he's bigger and more horrifying. And then, similar to Justin, his third evolution is two ice creams in one, which again is like, where did this? How do you hey, hey, question, question, it. question. I'm going to bring up your bias here. Uh, lactose intolerance. Uh, what are also you bringing that. to the table? Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's definitely not enough lactate pills to take in that final evolution. <laughs> I will definitely get very, very sick. It is, by the way, vanillite. It's like a play on words. A lot of these yeah, are that's what I said. What did I say? You said Valenite, which is like a Val Kilmer sort of Pokemon, <laughs> which would be so dope. This one's three uh, Val Kilmers. He's uh, really strong. He has no soul. So we would love to uh, to hear from you. Eight out of you. ten We've stars, been... by the way. Eight out of ten stars. This one's eight out of ten stars. We're going to, uh, we've got an email address. It's mail at besties.fan. If you email that address, you legally have to be a fan. That's the law. Uh, we want to hear about, uh, we'll be asking for a variety of emails as the show goes forward. But right now we're prepping for our game of the year stuff. And we want to hear from you. What's your favorite game of the year? And give us one sentence, one sentence as to why it is the best game of the year. And maybe we'll read your email on the air uh, is there anything else you guys are playing other than this uh pokemon or or other stuff that we are not covering in other episodes i have also dipped back into uh when i was traveling i downloaded uh professor layton in the diabolical box the mm. first two i think 3ds uh, professor layton or actually ds professor layton games are on 
uh, iOS, and they're really good ports. They're like the whole game, and they're like 10 bucks or something like that, and they're long, and the puzzles are fun, and you can play it in uh, portrait mode, which is, wait, which one is, yeah, portrait mode is the yeah. upwards one, uh, and that's like, that's all I really need out of a game, so. Been, yeah, but they um, give me like six toothpicks, and they're like, make a house, and I feel like a dummy. Well, you gotta, you, sometimes you gotta, it's a thinking man's game. I don't know what to tell you, Russ. I don't either. I'm stuck with this. Uh, I've been playing Manifold Garden. Have any of y'all played this? Oh, yeah, I played it on iPhone. It is excellent. It, it, it You know, every, it feels like three years or so, a uh, big puzzle game comes out, like Portal is the obvious example, but it just kind of breaks your brain about how you navigate 3D space. That's this sure. game. Um, the, the hook that makes this one special is uh, it's about infinity, I guess is how I would say, that you enter environments and they expand out uh in infinite directions. So if you enter a corridor with, um, you know, vertical columns, there are infinite vertical columns extending away from you. Uh, and the way they do that in later levels is kind of patterns. So you think you're going down a stairwell, but that stairwell goes on forever. Uh, and it's all about taking advantage of that idea. So you can jump off of part of one pattern and land on the next pattern you know the best way to think about it would be like if you look at a wallpaper with like a Mm. pattern on it if you Mm. were turning your wallpaper into a 3d puzzle um that is how i would describe manifold garden and it's available through wasn't that wasn't that the um the rapper that designed that game i i have no idea who designed mc escher wasn't that him Oh my god. Oh Jesus. Rush Jesus. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that was bracing. Okay. Woo, a little bit close to the grave. Thanks, Russ. Um I uh get wanna give a real quick plug to uh Guildlings. It's a neat uh Apple Arcade game made by uh Asher Volmer, who you may know best from Threes. And also the very good puzzle juice. Um, but this is a, God, really hard to describe, but basically uh, a fantasy role-playing puzzle sort of game where you are uh, reconstructing a guild of adventurers from your cell phone. And you are uh, encapsulated in a bubble and only able to interact with the world v- via this little sprite that can open doors and charge locks, uh, but mainly have conversations with people to try to get them to follow you, even though um, you they can't see you. Uh, the, and, and it has a very modern sort of uh, tone to it. Like the first character that you bring into your guild is your sister who's been grounded. So you have to help her break out and go on a date with her boyfriend before she'll join your guild. Um, and the entire thing is done through a like phone UI, which I think is a really cool uh, feat whenever games can, can pull it off, but it's neat. It's funny. It's uh sweet. Uh, and like it kind of, I, I would say a similar vibe to like a Steven universe, something like that. Uh, and if that's your sort of thing is worth checking out. How many stars though, Juice? Oh, is that what? Just the one on his shirt for Steven Universe, you mean? He just has one on his shirt. <laughs> All right, let's end it. Right. I'm still, I don't know. I think actually the episode did end after the MC Escher joke. Like, oh, and we're all, we're all <laughs> so ghosts. Yes. <laughs> our lives ended. We were struck down by God for our role and let it get happen. 
Oh, hey, one small note. If people are listening to this on our old feed, you should know that starting January 3rd, new episodes are going to be fully exclusive to Spotify. So if you're excited about hearing us every single week, make sure you hop on over to Spotify and follow the Best Deeds podcast there. And don't worry, you'll still be able to listen for free, even if you're not a paid Spotify subscriber. Okay, friends, that is all the show we have for you this week. Thank you for joining us, as always. And be sure to join us again next week for the Besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? The Besties is a Spotify original podcast in association with Vox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties!